For everything you want to know about real estate, it's time to take action. Schedule today. Ron and Don sit down.com is the way. Thanks for listening, you guys. I realize it's not easy. Charlie the dog and I have to listen to these two jokers every day. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 168 of the Ron and Don Show. He's Ron, I'm Don, and we are live from the Les Schwab Studios. Coming up, QAnon has been canceled. And also, will there be a second presidential debate? Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. I think this is pretty incredible. I don't know if you guys use Yelp or not, but Yelp has now added something uh, to kind of the menu of complaints. If you go out to business A and you feel like you engaged or someone engaged in racist behavior hmm. as a result of your exchange with business A, you're now going to be able to give a Yelp review and say that, hey, when I went to this business, I felt like they were engaged in racist behavior. As a result of that, Yelp is going to flag that. They're going to investigate that. And those comments, they don't go away. And I'll tell you what right now. As someone that owns Airbnb, there's sometimes comments made about my Airbnbs that are not true. All I'm allowed to do, according to the Airbnb rules, is go out online and write something. Because you have to write blind reviews. So let's say Larry comes and stays at one of my Airbnbs. Larry has a problem at the Airbnb he doesn't tell me about. Let's see, he ran out of toilet paper. Doesn't give me an opportunity to fix it. Larry ends up leaving, and then what Airbnb does is they send me a note, and they say, hey, would you like to write a review about Larry? Well, I want to see what Larry wrote about me first. Well, they won't let me. Let's say, it'll send the same thing to Larry. Larry, would you like to write uh, something about your stay at Don's Airbnb? Larry would like to see what Don said first. Because we're both being rated here and it affects his ability to stay on that platform and to go out and to continue to rent. It affects my ability to stay on the platform and be a super host. When you're a super host, uh, typically the algorithm treats you better and your ad comes up a lot more on the Airbnb platform. So let's say Larry doesn't give me an opportunity to bring him toilet paper. He goes out and he complains. Had a horrible time at Don's. It was unbelievable. I needed toilet paper. I ran out. I reached out to him 20 times. He never fixed his screw Don. That goes up right next to my ad for Airbnb. It's not coming down no matter how much I complain. All I can do is then write something, addendum to this, and say, you know what? I hope Larry had a nice stay. It's too bad this happened to Larry. I wish you would have reached out so I could correct this for him. Uh, I'm sure sorry about that. And then you hope that you don't get too many of those reviews. Too many of those reviews wrecks your business. You're cooked. You're done. Similar thing here on Yelp. I'm really amazed that Yelp is going to do some kind of investigation about racism. This sounds very expensive and it also sounds very impossible for Yelp to pull this off. Uh, is there a Yelp investigation team? I applaud them for wanting to do the right thing. But what happens when somebody does the wrong thing and reports incorrect information about a business just because they're trying to hurt that business? It's one thing for me not to provide toilet paper. Not such a stigma. It happens to all of us. It's another thing when you come out of business and you said, this guy right here, this business right here, they are racist 
Well, I don't know if you're saying they are racist as much as you're saying that uh, some racist behavior, I felt a, a racist slant. Um, you're right. It is. It, it's an interesting thing to jump in that pool voluntarily. I don't think anyone's requiring them from like the government or something to do that. But um, in the grand scheme of things, I think it's good. So if, if you're a person of color um, and there's a million examples, but the one that always pops into my head first because it, uh, it, it happened, it was so prominent, is the two black men sitting in a Starbucks and they hadn't bought a cup of coffee yet because they were meeting someone uh, and the, the person hadn't showed up yet. We've all done this uh, where you were just waiting like, ah, I'm not going to order yet because then if I order and they get here, I'm already halfway, I'm done with my drink and then I have to reorder. Like, see, everybody's done this thing. So they're just sitting there waiting and then the police get called because they're loitering and we remember that story. So if those two gentlemen, which ended up, I think they got a settlement out of Starbucks out of this deal at the end of that because it became so noteworthy. But let's just say this was a garden variety. It didn't get media coverage. For them to have the power to go online and say, we were waiting, the police got called, this was racist, th that's correct. Now, if there is some sort of investigation team or someone that at least makes a call or reads it, and it's not just the computer algorithm that tries to verify this uh, or gets one side of the story or the other, uh, that would probably be, take up a lot of time and resources to do. I think it's a worthy and a noble thing. Um, if you're a, an experienced Yelp user, you can read between the lines pretty quickly. Um, if you see that, you know, don't take to your thing, if you were on Yelp, Don's uh, Airbnb, there's 483 reviews. The average thing is 4.8 stars. And then I'm scrolling through. 4.9. 4.9 stars. 4.95, actually. So you got 4.95 stars. And I see this one review. So I'm like, five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars. One star. And so I read the one-star review about the toilet paper. And then I keep going down. I'm just scrolling. And it's like, all of them are five stars. Great host, great host. Most people are going to be like, all right, like that dude just was an off day or something happened, like no harm, no foul. But if you're scrolling through there and it's like one star, one star, three stars, one star, five star, like if you're looking at that, you get it. It's like, okay, this guy's screwing up a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I don't think it's going to be one blemish and you go away, but it does give the, the, the business owner an opportunity for Starbucks to say, yes, this happened. We took these steps to remedy that, and um, here's what we're doing in the future. Now you can choose to read that and make your mind up. But um, I think the thing that I've learned about these uh, microaggressions or racial, racial, racial or racial um, slights that happened, most of them I don't notice because I'm not in that group. They're invisible to me because I'm part of the privileged side of this equation. I'm part of the thing. There's things are slanted my direction. I'm the guy that can walk in to Starbucks and sit there for an hour and no one's going to hassle me. I can go in and use the bathroom, even though I didn't buy anything and they're going to allow me to do that. And I've done that many times before we talked about this when it happened. So I don't see it. So for the person that's like, okay, the, the, all the white people are sitting around here with no drinks and I'm a brown person, or I'm a black person, or I'm a gay person, or I'm a trans person, and I get police called on me? Like, what's up with that? Like, that's a legit thing that I don't experience. Yeah, I think it would be helpful in the long run. Yeah. Well, I think it's noble, too. I think it's just important that they get it right. And as we noticed with racism, uh, this country hasn't even clearly defined or has a clear understanding of what racism is. 
because people are doing things in the light of day that they just said, hey, this is, this is not racist. This is not racism. I'll give you an example. Uh, the Confederate monuments that have been coming down around the country. There's a lot of people feel that those are racist. There's other people that just feel like, no, that's our American heritage. I think that's going to happen a lot here uh, with these particular businesses and restaurants. People are just going to view it differently in the same way that they view uh, these Confederate monuments. Yeah, but over time, if a business has one instance where someone said racism, I think that business survives. If they have 100, then um, they're in trouble. And they probably should be in trouble. All right, come back on the uh, Ron and Don Show. We're live from the Let's Rob Studios. Uh, QAnon has been uh, canceled from Facebook. What does that mean? We'll tell you on that side of this. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. I had grown to trust the image of Ron and Don, you know, doing their their advocacy for all the charities and stuff that they do. And I thought, well, they seem like good guys. Let's go for it. When I uh, decided to put my home on the market, it was a natural for me to choose them to list the property. Ron and Don proposed a sit-down, so they came over to our house. They came super prepared, and they came more in learning mode, right, and what was important to each of us. When we first sat down, they showed me what property was selling for in my neighborhood. They had several suggestions on, you know, when we should go on the market, what we needed to do to get ready to go on the market. They were precise and clear. They managed our expectations well. If Don saw, you know, a risk or an area of concern he wanted us to be aware of, they just they just did a superb job. And they seemed personally interested in the houses we would tour. I think both of them said at some point when we were apologizing at how many houses we looked at, said, we love looking at houses. They didn't hesitate to jump in and make this the house for us. They do have a way of making you feel like they're your only client. <laughs> That's super important to me. I don't think we'd have this house if, if it hadn't been for Ron and Don. I think I was just so impressed with the quality of the work that they did. We had multiple offers, $50,000 more than the asking price. He had no contingencies, so I jumped on that one. It was the best case scenario. We couldn't have done better. It couldn't have been a better experience. The buying process was wonderful, and the selling process felt like we were their most important project. I, I couldn't be happier with the experience we had. I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great. It was awesome. When you're ready to sit down with Ron and Don and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, so welcome back to episode 168 of the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, we are licensed brokers at Windermere. When you're ready to sit down with us, Ron and Don, all you have to do is go to ronanddonsitdown.com and do this. If you want, we have these great little books we just created. If you're a seller, we have a book for you. If you're a buyer, we have a book for you. And this isn't something that we just ripped off the internet, uh, threw a picture on, and we're handing it out as our own. These are guides uh, that we have written specifically for everybody in the Ronadon Nation that's thinking about buying, selling, or investing. So if you'd like to get your hands on one of these books, let us know whether it's a buyer book or a seller book. You can reach out to Ron. Just write him, ron at windermere.com. That's ron at windermere.com, and we'll get you one of these books right away. Everything's at ronadonsitdown.com. You ready to sit down with us? 
just make an appointment again at ronadonsitdown.com. QAnon. Uh, Facebook said that's the end of it. What is it? Well, it's not going to be the end of QAnon. This, there are so many wrinkles to this story. We could probably do an hour show just on this phenomenon that has happened. So a real brief primer uh, if people are unaware. So QAnon is this online community that believes that there is a satanic group of ultra-powerful people that are, are pulling the strings on the governmental level worldwide. And that there's a bunch of pedophiles and a bunch of uh, corrupt people that are doing this. They believe that Donald Trump is standing against this uh, cabal of evildoers and that he is trying to take down this embedded, uh, you know, group of powerful people. Letting the public know about this battle in the quote unquote deep state is a guy calling himself Q, a person claiming or a woman claiming that they have Q clearance, which is a very high security clearance, and that they are leaking information to the, the, uh, to the public through the internet and that the people that are into QAnon, Q Anonymous, have to put together the clues in order to figure out what is going on. Uh, the most famous incident that happened was Pizzagate, where this the QAnon community believed that at a pizza parlor in Washington, D.C., there was a basement um, that had, was a pedophile sex ring that included Hillary Clinton and John Podesta. And so a man drove all night to get there, showed up with an AR-15 to free these children that were enslaved uh, in the sex ring. He burst in there, opened some rounds. A, there was no sex ring. B, there was no basement. C, the guy got arrested, and he claimed that QAnon told him to do it. So that's what QAnon is. It has become something of a phenomenon where hundreds of thousands of people or millions of people they don't really know believe in this, including some people that are, are maybe elected to the House of Representatives this year that are avid QAnon followers. They are gaining traction in some different states. And so Facebook finally is saying we are going to purge Facebook of the QAnon fan pages. Um, and I guess I just... It, it seems a little late to the game for me on that. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg has gone so overboard on trying to remain agnostic to information and at the same time writing an algorithm that increases Facebook's profitability. Um, it just, is this satisfying to you that it's taken them this long? Pizzagate happened like five years ago. Yeah, I, I have a woman that writes me all the time on my Facebook page. She's really fascinating and, and she believes in the dark state and all that stuff. The deep state. Or the deep state. Deep dark state. The, the deep dark stake. I love a dark steak. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I love to burn my steak. Anyway, she writes and I, and I, and I won't say her name. She said, uh, hey, I just was reaching out because I want to know your motives uh, and I seem to never get any answers. What is the end game? The end game is a fair question, and you have to consider the end game when you consider the outcome, because there's a lot of unbalanced people out there. That's why we ask these simple questions. So the thing that I want to know is why are you sharing in the collective in information of falsehoods? It's always the answer, I think, that you should really consider that many Americans are struggling under the pressure. Uh, unless you have an end game that I'm unaware of that mitigates the damage 
maybe that would stop you from putting the gasoline on the fire. I can't keep silent anymore. You're not doing the right thing. You want me to stop because I'm speaking the truth. Uh, I'm trying to understand. You asked to think uh, of all these. And, and I've never written this woman. Like, I don't know her. And this just goes on and on and on. Uh, and it's just, it, it's some ramblings like that. And then at the end of it, she, she, she always, she's very concerned about the end game and she feels like I'm a part of, of, of the end game. Are you, are you secretly part of the deep state? Cause <laughs> I don't even know about that. If I you're feel, part I, of the deep state, I feel bad for her. And you know what? There's more people that, that are mixed up in this than you would think. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of people and, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll give you an example. Uh, and I think we'll talk about this probably in our next podcast. Today, there's some information came out that in a city you, you and I used to live in, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, there were six men that were part of a militia. And for people that don't know, uh, in the northern states, especially states like Minnesota, uh, states like Idaho, uh, the Dakotas, where we lived in Michigan, there are lots of militias and they are heavily armed. Many of them are former military. There's lots of them. So there were six guys that got together in Grand Rapids. Uh, and they sat down and they decided that they were going to recruit 200 others to their militia. Uh, they were going to storm the gates of the Capitol and they were going to take the governor uh, prisoner. And then they were going to have a, a hearing and they were going to be judge, jury and executioner of her. Uh, they had also had the addresses of a lot of cops. So those cops that would be responding to this at the Capitol, uh, they were going to murder and kill beforehand. Uh, so the FBI came out and said, hey, you know, we, we've, we've stopped this militia. And then the question becomes, how many more militias are out there uh, that are preparing for something like this around the election se season, the election cycle? Our friend Big Abe, he's our former uh, producer of the Ron Don Show when he lived in New Orleans. And lately I've seen him put on, uh, he went out and got an AR-15. He's going to the rifle range. He's uh, wearing, he's now training in full body armor, running around his block and doing all that stuff. And initially when I saw him do that, I thought to myself, hey, what an overreaction on his part. And then he has started talking about the fact that, hey, there is going to be this race war and I need to be ready to protect my family because there's going to be nobody to protect me. I thought that was crazy. Until you see a portion of Seattle in downtown Seattle where the police just gave it up. And I have specific feelings about giving up that particular piece of real estate. And then people were murdered on that particular real estate and raped. And some other things happened as a result of that. And you're like, wow, we're, we're, our, we're the services here in Seattle when you really need them. Uh, so you start thinking about uh, this, this malicious stuff is not real. And then this happens today. Or I'd like to tell Big Abe, hey, that's an overreaction. But then you see the city of Seattle give up a piece of real estate where black and brown people were there and they were protesting and also riots had broken out. And then you have a really unhinged, and in my opinion, I'll say it again, a racist president. Uh, and people push back on him. How, how can you call him a racist? I've done my work. You do yours. And that's the conclusion I came to. I'm not trying to convince you. That's just my own conclusion. That's my own stance. Uh, and I'm making decisions this election cycle as a result of the way that I feel about him and about the way that he's acting. And when you have a president that says, hey, when we, when we look at the election results, if, uh, if I don't trust him, basically I'm not going anywhere. And I may sit in this seat for, for weeks and for months. I'm not going to walk away from this. So I think, 
I think a lot of people that are kind of on the edge, and either even if, if if you're on that edge where where Abe is right now, or he feels like he has to take care of his family, and there's fear there, or you're on that other edge, uh, you're standing by because the president told you to stand by, and you're listening to him, and you're part of that deep dark state. Uh, this isn't just weird people with mental illness that uh, is writing Dawn on a Sunday afternoon like this woman did. There, there, there's more of this happening than I thought. Well, and here's the thing, I guess, for me to, to, to close this up, and it's, it's not going to be um, encouraging, I think, if you're already in that mindset. People don't like um, uncertainty. And especially growing up in the era we grew up in, every TV show, every movie, every book that we watch wraps everything up at the end. So you can watch whatever, think of your favorite, you know, murder mystery show or what have you. Everything gets tied together. All the little loose ends get tied into a neat little bow and you watch CSI and they solve the case in one hour. And so if you're, if you're sort of even subconsciously have that expectation, a lot of these things that are happening in the world, there's not a neat little tie-up moment at the end. It's uncertain. And so that produces anxiety. People want it to be certain. And so it becomes appealing to think, oh, there's someone out there pulling the strings. There's someone out there. This is happening on purpose. Uh, someone's controlling this. And if I can just unlock all the clues, I'll be an insider. I'll get the secret sauce. I'll, I'll know what's up. I'll be on the inside, and that gives me a sense of control. That gives me a sense of knowing the outcome. And I'm going to root for the good guys, and we're going to defeat the bad guys, and I'm a part of this epic storyline. Uh, and this is going to be in, in crazy when it all comes together and everybody sees that I'm right. When really the answer is, we don't know. Stuff is happening in the world, and we don't know how it's going to end. That's not very satisfying. It's not very satisfying to not be certain. And yet that's, do we, does anybody really know how the COVID thing ends? No. Does anybody really know uh, what's going to happen uh, five years from now? No, you don't. And so it, it's, while it's comforting in a way to say, oh, there's someone pulling the strings and I want to make sure I'm on the right side of that battle. There's not some group pulling the strings. Of course, there are powerful people. Of course, there are evil people in the world. They're not together in some league of justice secret lair in a hollowed out volcano orchestrating that. Dr. Evil's not out there. Unless it's Bill Gates. Unless it's Bill Gates. <laughs> there couldn't be a kinder, nerdier guy and try to do the most he can right now for the most people and for him to get deep stated is just ironic he's ron i'm don we'll come back uh a second a second time around with both presidential candidates will it happen probably not we'll tell you why on the other side of this ron and don from radio to real estate when you're ready to grab a cup of coffee and sit down with the guys, go to ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, episode 168 of the Ron and Don Show. And by now, you've all watched the vice presidential debate. If you have a chance, even if you're not on Twitter, you can just Google Twitter fly Mike Pence. And it is laugh out loud funny how creative people are 
on Twitter when it comes to silly things like that. And it's real and it's in the moment. Were you were you watching and did you see the fly that was on his head for it seemed like 19 minutes? I lasted about 20 minutes or so and I couldn't take it anymore because they no one was answering the question. Yeah. And then no one was doing when you get a chance to rebut. So let me just 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 from a technical standpoint, I had to eject. So the moderator asks a question to Pence or to Harris. Then they don't answer the question. So the one I'm thinking of specifically is about why is the United States death rate so high from COVID compared to other uh, wealthy nations in the world? So Pence goes off onto some weird rambling that doesn't answer the question. And then Harris gets a chance to rebut and she doesn't bring it up. Yeah. You're number one. So she wasn't listening. Mm. If you're listening, your first thing, if you're a, a debate person, is you comes back to you and you rebut and you go, he didn't answer the question. Let's think about why. We are um, 4% of the population. We have 20% of the COVID deaths. So you pin him to the wall on that. And, and so, and then they would ask her a question about Joe Biden's age. And then she goes off telling a story about her mom. And so it's like neither of them were answering the questions. They had preloaded their answers in their brain. It didn't matter what the question was. They were going to get off onto what their agenda was. And so I couldn't take that anymore. And so I ejected. I didn't see the fly until uh, later that night. <laughs> My favorite one is the poster that said black flies matter. Yeah. And then I saw one with a fly and a guy interviewing it. I mean, there's, they go on and on and on and on. Yeah. And the thing is, she had to see that fly. She could have do it. She, if it, she would have really stood out if she went over there, or at least said something. Because of COVID, I guess you can't go over there. But at least said something to him about the fly. Can we talk I about? Wait, the- I was waiting for her to say something to him because it was stuck in his hairspray. Can Can we talk about the uh, the underwhelming plexiglass barriers? <laughs> when they told me there was going to be plexiglass, I've seen bigger barriers. At the Trader Joe's checkout wow. line, you go to you go to like McDonald's to get your son a Happy Meal. Uh, you 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 are not getting through if something goes if something goes sideways and you didn't get the sauce with your chicken McNuggets that you wanted, and they were they did not give you the sweet and sour sauce, and you decided that you're going to go in there and get it yourself, you're not getting through that plexiglass. This is not going to happen but at McDonald's. That debate, they just like went down to Office Depot and got the little one and stuck it in between there. I am waiting for the. Um, I'm I'm still speaking or I'm not finished whatever the phrase was t-shirt because that's that you know that's coming straight away yeah your thoughts uh supposed to be a second debate and second uh, debate for the presidents or the vice presidents yeah for both and and they're supposed to have one next week I think next Tuesday and it's now supposed to be virtual Joe Biden says he'll be there Donald Trump says he won't I think Joe Biden must be listening to the Ron and Don show podcast because you brought up the point to give you a couple kudos thank you that um joe biden should should not participate with someone that is currently covid positive and yeah. so it looks like that second one's canceled donald trump wanted to move the third one right up to the deadline mm-hmm. even though you know three million people have already mailed in their ballot uh he thinks and they they refuse to do that so um it's interesting to me i think joe biden's right on this i don't think he, he has, he can only lose by doing three debates. Well, now they want to do do it virtually, 
And the president's come out and said he doesn't want to do that because he'll turn his microphone off. And As he, they should. He doesn't want his microphone. As off. they should. Yeah. So, so I mean, it, the, Donald Trump has everything to lose because he's if you if you follow the, the most accurate polar out there and prognosticator on on elections is Nate Silver in five thirty. He was wrong last time though. No, he was not. He wasn't. He gave them. He was the only outfit. Gave him a one in three chance of winning. He did not say it was a Hillary lock. Oh, you really? go back and look. Nate Silver, everyone else said, oh, Hillary's got this in the bag. He's like, this is a one in three chance that Trump wins. That's that's a big percentage. Now he says it's one in four. No, it's 82%, I think, their latest one. 82% uh, for, for Joe Biden. That's still not a lock. It's not 100. Um, and so he he's the best out there. That's a very good chance for Joe Biden. So he, he can only lose by doing more debates. Uh, and so I think it's in his best interest to not do it. it. It is interesting that the White House is now refusing to say when was the last time that Donald Trump tested negative uh and everyone's trying to do the math and go he may have known he was covid positive when he did the rose garden ceremony with the new supreme court justice then if they could prove that the doctor's like well you know we don't want to dig into the records from the past like dude, it's a week and a half ago you the white house said he was the most tested man in history for covid so when was the last time he tested negative. And then we can go forward because if you're Joe Biden's campaign, you're like, well, we need to get on X number of days away from that to know when the antibodies kick in or whatever. Like the, the, you get what I'm saying. White House is refusing um, to release that information. It, it's, it's really astonishing. Hey, COVID is nothing to worry about to the 211,000 people that are dead. Oh, you're not here. Uh, yeah. So you can't hear, can't hear this comforting speech. That the president gave. Well, I just showed you the video, his latest one, speaking to seniors. Seniors are going to tell you you're not, you're vulnerable. You're not vulnerable. You're not, well, maybe in this case, you're vulnerable. <laughs> like, what, what is happening? Hey, you guys, thanks for stopping by the Ron and Don Show. We appreciate you. We do. We appreciate you listening. The show's been listened to now almost 700,000 times. That blows us away. And we're also blown away by the people that trust us in our real estate business. It allows us to continue to do the podcast. And when you pick up the phone and reach out to us like Carol and Ed did, we're able to sell their place in Edmonds for over what they were asking. We do sit-downs all the time. We start at 7.30 in the morning. And then if we're going to be a team, if we're going to buy, sell, invest together, uh, then we'll come out, we'll virtually... Stand 16 feet apart and get to know each other. So, plexiglass! Yeah. We have walking plexiglass walls uh, that we carry with us. So uh, right now, if you'd like to learn more about some of our listings in Queen Anne, bringing one on in Duval. In fact, by the time you hear this, we're on in Duval. Uh, also in Everett and in Bellevue right now. Uh, just reach out to Ron, Ron at Windermere.com. That's Ron at Windermere.com. All amazing homes, all under... Uh, $815,000. All of them. How about that? All right. Keep your head up. Keep your shoulders back. He's Ron. I'm Don. And don't forget to get signed up for our newsletter by going to ronanddonsitdown.com. We'll see you next time only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, it's G-Force O'Neill, the brains of this operation, and the voice of the Ron and Don Show. Well, that's it. Show's over. We'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.